Welcome to The Advance, a podcast and video series on moving towards Christ-like maturity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Advance Podcast. My name is Donovan. I'm a pastor in Edmonton, Alberta at a church called McKernan Baptist Church, and it is such an honor to be your host and your guide as we look into how we are living our lives in such a way that we are growing into the people that Christ has us become. Uh, I don't know about you, but one of the things that has been going on a lot in culture recently is we've all been increasingly involved on social media. I'm sure some of us uh, have actually had to take steps away from social media in this season, but I know for many of us, we're more engaged than we were before. And there's a lot of memes going around, and I don't know about you, but I saw a meme recently that had uh, the, the painting of the Last Supper as a Zoom conversation. You saw Jesus sitting at the Last Supper table by himself, and you saw all the disciples in little boxes above, and uh, a little caption says, Judas has left the conversation. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, and as I was reflecting on that even more, um, <laughs> I said the difference now is, though, if Judas were to betray Jesus with a kiss, uh, Jesus isn't the one who would get arrested. It would be Judas. <laughs> um, but yeah, all that, all that kind of kidding aside, this is a really unprecedented season. I don't know when you're watching this, but we're two days from Good Friday right now. We are, um, we're five days from Easter Sunday, and we are at a point where, as followers of Jesus, we can't all gather together in the same place to celebrate um, Christ, to celebrate Christ's resurrection, and to remember Christ's death. But I was reflecting on this um, with my pastoral team this morning. We were just kind of sharing updates of how we're doing. And one of the things that, that I was thinking about is how we, we, get, we can get so familiar with the scriptures. We get so familiar with these stories. And, um, and the reality is that sometimes a little bit of disruption causes us to think differently. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the interview that you get to watch today. But uh, as whether you've just gone through Easter or whether you're about to go through Easter, I want to encourage you, uh, ask God what he may be up to in you this season, even though it's going to look a little different. Maybe you'll be watching the Easter service online with your family. What's a way that you can engage with your family? What's a way that you can engage with your friends to really go deeper with God this Easter season, even though it's not going to look the same that it always has? Um, one of my strengths is positivity. I don't know about you, but I've done, it's called the Strength Finders. Uh, test put out by Clifton and um, it gives your top five strengths and one of mine was positivity and so I'm often able to see kind of the positives in, in difficult situations and and so I want to yeah I just want to encourage you with this Easter it, uh, yes there's a lot of grief I'm really sad that we're not gonna be able to gather as a church family the Good Friday service for me is always a highlight of my year and obviously this year it's gonna look different but um, but I know God has something special in this for me and he has something special in this for you he has something special in this for my family. And I would encourage you to ask what that might be for you this year. So um, again, the heart of this podcast is each week to, or each time we release an episode, is to go deep into one spiritual practice. And uh, the three umbrellas or the three bigger practices that we're going to be looking at as we are, are journeying through COVID-19 and, and the realities and the implications that it's having on us. Uh, the three practices that I want to focus on are the scriptures, engaging with God through his word, prayer, and worship. And um, today we have the amazing privilege here from my brother, Adam Beyer. He's a pastor here in Edmonton as well. And he, uh, he has such a heart and such a passion for the Bible. And it just flows out of him. And so I wanted to just pick his brain for a while and just go back and forth with him about the word of God. Uh, today's conversation is extremely practical. It's got a lot of different ways of approaching the Bible. It's got a lot of different um, nuances in how we read the Bible and different tools that we use to engage with the Bible. And um, again, what I'm excited about with this podcast format is today is going to be kind of an introduction, a big overview of, of what it means to read the scriptures. But I've got a few other interviews lined up, a few other topics lined up that is going to go more in depth with things. So for example, we're, my brother and I talked about Lectio Divina, a practice of reading the Bible um, slowly and letting the words really speak to you. And we talk about it for about two or three minutes in this podcast today. But in a few weeks, hopefully we'll have an interview with somebody who's going to break down that, that practice really specifically so that um, whoever's watching, whoever's listening can engage with that practice in a specific and in a focused way. And so, yeah, like I said, I'm really excited about this uh, conversation that we're going to have today. Um, 
Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I think a lot of us in this season, we might feel like we're kind of wandering in the dark. (laughs) We might feel like we don't really know where to go. We don't really know where to turn. Let this be a season where we allow God's word to light our path, to be a lamp to our feet. Um, I've heard kind of two extremes of how people have practically ended up in in this season. I, I talk to many that are either feeling very busy very overwhelmed. And then I talk to many that are feeling like they have a ton of time. Um, and I want to encourage you, whether you are in this season of feeling busy and overwhelmed or whether you have all this time on your hands, don't neglect God's word. Um, there may be some of you that have said, oh, I'll get, I'll get to the gospels eventually. I'll get to that soon. This may be your season to really start to dive in and dive deep into God's word. So before we hop into uh, the interview with my brother, um, one of the things that I think about as I think about the scriptures and engaging with God through the scriptures is how easy it is for um, something like the Bible to turn into a checklist. Uh, you know, you read a chapter, you check it off your list. You read a book, you check it off your list, and you're good to go. Um, but one of the really important things to think about when we talk about spiritual practices is that spiritual discipline, spiritual practice is not an end in and of itself. Um, spiritual discipline and spiritual practice is a, is a means to an end. And that end is encountering and growing in who God is. Uh, one of the things that's a big part of my story is that I, I, I'm currently in the midst of a weight loss journey. I, I was over 300 pounds a couple years ago, and, and it, I've been able to lose 100 pounds uh, in, in that time. And um, I'm not going to lie to you, just making wise decisions, going to the gym, I didn't go as an end in and of itself. I didn't go just to check it off and say, I'm going to be going to the gym just for the sake of going to the gym. I I go to the gym because I have this vision of losing the weight. I have this vision of being healthy for my kids, being healthy for the long term. And uh, the the crazy thing is that um, when when you have a bigger vision, um, that's how you sustain the discipline. So when I don't want to run anymore, when I feel like garbage, when I feel like I want to throw up from the exercises that I'm doing, I have a bigger vision and, and I'm able to engage with the things that I'm doing so that, um, yeah, yeah, so that I can, it sustains me because I have a bigger vision. And I think spiritual discipline is the same way. Spiritual practices are the same way. We don't just engage with them for the sake of them. We don't just read the Bible for the sake of reading the Bible. We read the Bible because it's God's living word and he reveals himself to us through it. And with that in mind, uh, I want to recommend one resource to you, and that's a resource called The Bible Project. The Bible Project is an absolutely phenomenal website and uh, content creator that uh, essentially two guys that just said, we want to make the Bible accessible to everybody. And so what they've done is they've created a, um, a video for every single book of the Bible and multiple just themes that run throughout the Bible. And, and it's cool because they're about 10 minutes long and you watch the video and it gives you a good overview of the book. So say you're reading in a book like, uh, let's just pick a random one like Habakkuk, like something super random in the Old Testament that we probably, so many of us have maybe read when we did our Bible in the year plan, but haven't read since. Um, you read, the, the, the Bible project would be a 10 minute video overview of the book. Here's what the book's all about. Here's where it fits in the context of history. And then as you read the book, it, it comes alive in a new way. Uh, So I really want to recommend the Bible Project to you. My brother is going to talk about it a little more in the interview. But, uh, yeah, so why don't we just get to it? Here's Adam. Hey, Adam, how's it going? It's good. It's good. good. Well, welcome to the Advanced Podcast. (laughs) It's good to be here. Oh, this is exciting. Adam, as much as I'm sure you'd have a hard time believing this, Adam is my biological brother. This is true. This is true. I was thinking the other day, because we've been asked a lot lately about who's older. Um, and I was thinking we should just tell everyone we're twins because that would really confuse them. Really confuse <laughs> them, yeah. Biological twins, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we're just we're twins, yeah. <laughs> exactly, we're just twins. You can't, you, you can't tell. <laughs> awesome, no, it's great to have you on here. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have. I think as I was thinking about uh, this theme of the scriptures and engaging um, with God's word as a spiritual practice. 
Um, I know you have a huge passion for God's word. And I know that you a couple of years ago or last year, you did a podcast on how to read the Bible. And I'll let you talk about that a little bit at the end. But um, definitely, yeah, it's something that I wanted to pick your brain on and something that I think we'd have some good conversation about. But before we hop into that, I'd love to, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about who you are, um, where you work, and uh, anything else you'd like to share about yourself? Just give the people listening and watching a little bit of context. Yeah, for sure. So um, I am I'm a pastor, uh, like my brother, like our father, uh, runs in the family, it seems. Um, for me, pastoral ministry is a, a second career. I was a, a carpenter uh, before that, framing houses in, in Calgary. Uh, in, enjoyed that a lot. Uh, enjoy building. I'm currently working at uh, Terwilliger Community Church uh, in southwest Edmonton. Uh, a fantastic team I'm a part of here. Uh, my title is Associate Pastor of Discipleship and Worship. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that here for just over two and a half years, and that's been fun. Uh, my wife, Jolene, and I celebrated 11 years of marriage last October, which is crazy. Um, and we welcomed um, our first child um, almost two, two years ago. I think she turned 20 months a couple days ago. So so that's a ton of fun. Uh, life is full with, with, with our little girl running around with her. Um, yeah, apart from that, I'm currently doing studies uh, in seminary alongside full-time work. And so uh, school and, and church is, um, is probably the thing that takes up most of my time. Um, and then try to, I try to get some runs in there and, and spending lots of time with, with family. And that's it's kind of my life these days, but it's, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, yeah, it's been good been good but uh, yeah um, that's a bit yeah. of who i am cool um, before we hop into stuff on scripture do you do you mind speaking a little bit to what's happening in the culture right now with covid19 and kind of what you feel like god may be what opportunities he might be giving us or kind of what yeah what do you feel like uh, if you you had a chance to encourage even the people in your own congregation what are some ways that you've been just kind of talking about how the church is responding how christians can be responding to this yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. A loaded question. I, I think if you're asking everyone that question, it makes me want to watch all of your podcasts because I'm curious what, what the answers are. Um, yeah, for, for us in our context, I, I guess to speak to it, the, the general sense that I know I'm interacting with is this kind of everything, you know, like, like things are really tough. Things are hard, um, but people really... Uh, kind of sitting on the fact that like they're okay you know everyone can think of someone who's in a worse place than them um yeah so i it's been interesting something that i've been trying to encourage people in is to be more honest with how they're actually doing um that it's it's okay to not be doing well in this context but i i think because of the current climate it feels like it's not okay um to not be doing well like if, if you don't have covid and if you haven't lost your job then you should be grateful and happy and everything should be fine for you. Um, but that's just not the reality, right? Like so many people are adjusting in so many different ways. So um, in the conversations I've been having with people at our church um, and with our staff, we've just been trying to encourage honesty uh, in this season, um, be that honesty with God, but also, you know, honesty with one another that it, it's okay to say that things suck right now. Um, even if your reality is the simplicity of you're working your full-time job from home and your kids are home too, right? That's a huge adjustment. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think people are, and it's good, right? Like it's good for us to, to lift our heads up and work hard and, and say things are okay. Um, you know, there's a sense of, yeah, that's a good thing. But on the problem with that comes when we ignore maybe the stuff that's going on a bit deeper, and so uh, Jesus wants to work in, in that stuff, and but it, it's hard work. Like, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Um, you know, what are, where are these emotions coming from? You know, I'm grieving this or that, but what's that about? Sorting to that stuff's work, but I think it's it's worth it. And when we do that, uh, you know, Jesus is, does a work in our hearts, and that's an amazing thing. So, yeah, trying to encourage people not to waste some of those emotions they're feeling. Uh, it doesn't mean we become whiny. Um, but it, it means it means that we don't sweep our what we're feeling, what we're going through under the rug. And, and I found that's been a challenge for for my wife and I and my family because 
in, in the midst of all that's going on, we feel very blessed, but we also feel very up against um, the fact that, that it is hard and there are losses and it is frustrating. And even in pastoral ministry, I feel like I'm relearning my, my job and that's, that's been tough. Like I'm working a lot of hours. I'm tired. Um, but yeah, it's so dealing with those emotions properly, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. There's a snapshot thought. No, good. That's yeah. a really good answer. I think honesty is, is a word that I have like in all my conversations so far, this is the first time I've heard that word brought up. Cause I think it's easy to, yeah, it's kind of easy to go to one extreme and, and kind of go into anxiety and fear. But then on the other side, you go into, you know, like almost ignorance. Right. And so I think there's honesty kind of falls somewhere in that spectrum, right? Like yeah. it's just being real. It's just being real and admitting like, yeah, this is a tough season, especially I'm not sure when you'll be watching this. Like some of you might be watching this down the road and the COVID-19 crisis is something that is in the past. Others of you are going to be watching it live or right, pretty much right, you know, after we release it, which is Easter weekend. And, yeah. and I think, um, yeah, like, is there any ways that you're thinking about Easter in light of this, Adam? Hey, that's a good question. Has anyone talked about N.T. Wright's article yet? No, no. no. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. N.T. Wright wrote this article about COVID, and he talked about how we enter into Lent, and, you know, you give up coffee or chocolate or something, or, or maybe you're actually fasting food. Um, mm -hmm. But in the season of Lent, there's this huge anticipation for, um, for Easter. Because that's the, you know, if you gave up coffee, and if you're like me, giving up coffee is like super tough because you drink a lot of coffee. Um, and you, but you're so hopeful for Easter because, man, I get, I'm going to drink coffee again. Um, but N.T. Wright's article, he reflects on how people went into Lent, giving these things up, looking forward to Easter. But then during Lent, so much more was taken away from them. So um, being close with people, suddenly they're fasting time with friends suddenly they're fasting going to work or like whatever it is right like these these things were stripped away he said the difference though is that um at this point in the covid crisis we don't know when easter is right we don't know where the end is um which makes the experience of lent and the experience of waiting and um kind of participating in the sufferings of christ it, it's different right it's one thing to look forward to easter it's another thing when you're like when is Easter? Do I have to give up coffee forever? And um, which is, it pales in comparison to what people are going through. But um, yeah, that's something that I'm wrestling through heading into Easter because the current climate, like to celebrate the resurrection in a context where we're just looking around and desiring Jesus to work salvation in so many contexts, you know, in the context of hospitals, in the context of people's economics, uh, their financial situations. Um, and there's this like, how long, oh Lord, cry that's going up. And it's in that context that we're going to gather virtually as a church to, to celebrate the resurrection. Um, and there's a paradigm there that is really interesting. Um, so I, I I've we, honestly, yeah. I think we lost you for like 20 seconds. Could you repeat that last sentence? It may not have um, got recorded. Yeah, I know for sure. Just that there's the, I think there's a big, there's a paradigm at work heading into Easter where um, as we're longing for God to work salvation um, in a situation we feel like he isn't necessarily, like we aren't seeing that redemptive work currently. Uh, we just see a lot of suffering and difficulty. Um, but in the context of that, we're celebrating the resurrection. Um, totally. And, and yeah, that's tough there. So I guess pastorally looking forward to Easter, and I guess if people are watching this, Easter's already passed. Um, but how do we really still celebrate and remember, um, you know, as, as we read, read in the New Testament, that, that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and that victory is, is done and it's won and it's, it is finished in terms of um, the deepest, greatest needs uh, that we have in us. Um, and yeah, it's flushing that out, right? And I think that this whole situation is stripping things back for people, right? Like there's a longing uh, for circumstances to change in the world. Um, but really, that's just a magnification of our, our deeper issues, our deeper longings uh, that only God can satisfy, whether or not COVID's around. So, so there's a stripping back there. So there's a lot at play, I think, even in my mind. I don't, I'm not, I haven't drawn a lot of conclusions. It's just, um, you know, how do you walk with a church through this season? That's a really good question. I, we're still trying to figure that out. But. 
Yeah, and one of the things I was thinking about too this morning as, during our staff meeting was the, uh, I wonder if there, if there's a little bit of a gift in the disruption for us, if we, because I think it's easy to become over familiarized with something like Easter, where it almost feels like we go through the motions every year and, and Good Friday, Easter comes, it's an amazing celebration. I don't want to minimize the power of gathering together, but I feel like this year we're being forced out of our familiarity, which means we're going to have to, you know, start thinking differently about it. And, and even like how, yeah, what does communion on Good Friday look like when we can't all gather around one table? Yeah, that's and great. Why, why is that important? You know, what does it look like for us to celebrate with our families, like around a table or around the, the living room, right? Um, there's this, I think, it, yeah, it's easy for us to, yeah, obviously we're, we're very discouraged that we aren't able to gather in, in the flesh, but I think I think we can see a gift in it too. And so, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously excited about it, but at the same time, I'm grieving what what's lost. And so, yeah, it'll be an interesting Easter, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We won't be having our big family dinner like we always do. Right. No, totally. It's all these. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a Zoom dinner or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're yeah. still going to try to do a turkey, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> it won't be as good as mom's. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. So, yeah, let's jump into scriptures. The, the whole heart of this podcast, uh, again, is to... Uh, to look at how do we move towards Christ-like maturity. Um, and, and we've already talked a little bit in this podcast about why it's so important to, um, to practice spiritual disciplines or to, uh, to kind of frame our life, build a rule of life or live our life in such a way that enables us to grow and enables us to mature. And during the COVID crisis, the three spiritual disciplines that I'm really going to spend a lot of time on are um, the scriptures, worship, and prayer um, not because i think the communal disciplines are less important but because in this season i think they're like they're really important that we're doing those things and we're going to be talking about how do we do those things communally even though we can't be in the same room together for sure but um yeah i wanted to have adam on to kind of give an introduction to scripture as a spiritual discipline and um yeah so i'd love to hear adam what um when you think about the bible when you think about god's word um, why is it so important to you? Do you have a bit of a story or a background with, with how you've been formed by God's word in your life? Um, yeah, I, I guess like part of my journey, um, you know, when I was in high school, um, I was big time like worship, like worship through music was for sure my biggest um, connection point to God. It's when I felt close to God. Um, and through varying circumstances um, into my early adulthood, early 20s, um, that really fell apart for me. Um, and I, I, I don't know what to call it. Sometimes I wonder if it was, was it God or was it something else that, that caused this to stir in me? But um, just a lot of skepticism happened. Um, part of that was Jolene and I kind of where we ended up. Like we went from our, my dad's church to we, we did a year of ministry in Scotland. Uh, where, um, you know, we would worship with this, this group, we'd stand in a circle, and we'd sing hymns out of a hymn book. And it was just so different. Um, you know, and but then also had experiences at, at more charismatic gatherings, um, different things like this. Um, we went to a church then that um, kind of discouraged certain things and encouraged other things. And, and I guess, in my early 20s, I just found myself really dealing with multiple voices, um, speaking to the Christian life, speaking to experience, experiences. Um, what does it mean to experience God? Um, and I, my, I just remember my head spinning in the midst of all of that. Um, and in, I think in that, I became so um, skeptical of my own experiences in, in worship context, what worship music context, um, that the vitality that that would bring to me like the the life that i'd get out of like a worship setting was just gone um because i was so like critical and examining what was happening and and looking at people around me and all these things and um which is is a loss that i i sometimes still grieve actually um but anyway it put me on this journey of of just i was so full of questions not apologetics like 
you know, it was never like, is God real? Is it, you know, I, I wasn't asking apologetic questions. It was more like, like, what does it mean to experience God? Um, what does it mean to, to dwell in his presence? What does it mean to hear his voice? Um, and I think something that still really discourages me on that front is, is how varied the voices are. Um, and um, the thing that troubled me the most was how contradictory the voices uh, on that subject can be. And, and so for myself, trying to wrestle through that and, and hearing so many different opinions, um, this led me to way more seriously uh, spend time in the word. And um, as I got into um, Bible college and started kind of that formal theological training, um, growing in the discipline of understanding God's word, I, I found myself having similar experiences that I would have in worship settings from, you know, kind of my late teens, early twenties, I was having those same experiences, just reading the Bible. Um, and my encounters of God moved from a worship music experience to, uh, for lack of better term, I'm going to call it theological reflection. And in the context of theological reflection, I just had these incredibly rich, uh, times with the Lord of just kind of thinking upon, um, what the Bible says and, uh, thinking upon who God is. Um, and it, that was very life-giving to me and, and kind of really had me go down that road more and more uh, to, to the Word of God being a discipline. Uh, and I think in that season, what it was, you know, like the Bible has a lot to say about itself um, that gives us really good reason to, to read the Bible. Um, but for, for me, landing at this whole idea that like the Bible is true, right? Like when you're dealing with uncertainty, when you're dealing with confusion, when you're dealing with like competing voices, uh, there's something um, so comforting knowing that this is God's word. Um, what it says is true. Now, um, and that's kind of before the layer of interpretation, but the words themselves, God's speaking to me through his word. I don't have to question whether or not these words are God's. That's settled in my heart. Um, and, and in reading that, it was like I, I took comfort and continue to take comfort uh, in his presence coming through his word, um, if that makes sense. Uh, there's no question around it. And, uh, and so that was kind of a, a major uh, piece in, in my journey uh, where we're reading the word um, began to take, take root. Because in the midst of uncertainty and doubt and confusion about who God is and what the Christian life is all about, all these things, there was a certainty that came in reading God's word. Um, and it was life-giving. And, um, and I found that posture of theological reflection um, just kind of propel me in, in different areas of my life where, um, where the discipline of it was really taking root. Um, and so, so yeah, that was, that was kind of the beginning of it for me. And, um, and, and since then, Bible reading's taken a lot of different forms. Um, and, and yeah, it continues to be a, a, a huge blessing to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. In terms of like my story with it, I, I guess that's maybe my answer was, uh, in terms of how I, how I got there. Um, yeah. 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 That's awesome. It's cool. I actually had a similar experience in my Romans class when I was taking, uh, uh Romans at Taylor, Taylor seminary and the, uh, the prof was teaching on Romans eight. And, and I just remember like weeping in the class, mm -hmm. just sitting there, like, as he's unpacking this truth, you know, just like, it's cool how when yeah when God speaks through His Word is just is so profound and we can be so sure of what is said um, and leaning in is just so it's so good. Um, so yeah, what um, so how are you currently cultivating rhythms of God's Word in your life? Again, we're talking about the Scriptures as a spiritual discipline. So what uh, how are you currently doing it? Um, and then and yeah, you can be honest. I know you have. A, you have an almost two-year-old, so there's, <laughs> you yeah, know, seasons of life are definitely a part of this, but I'm just curious what, yeah, what right now are you doing to cultivate rhythms of scripture as a spiritual practice? Yeah, um, currently I've been using a devotional book, um, which is funny. A year ago, I would never um, suggest someone reading, like, I, I wouldn't say, oh, read a devotional book, um, but I've been reading a devotional book called Seeking God's Face, um, which is all scripture based. Uh, if you're familiar with the, the discipline, um, 
the reading style of Lectio Divina, which is Latin, very simply means spiritual reading. Um, Lectio Divina is um, this idea of reading small portions of scripture uh, slowly and meditate, like more meditatively. Uh, so, um, you know, you might read a psalm and just kind of sit in the words. Like it, it's, uh, it's not about reading lots of scripture. It's about reading a very small amount of scripture and very intentionally sitting in that scripture and in that moment, in that time, in that place. Um, and so the Seeking God's Face uh, devotional book, for lack of a better word, it doesn't really, it, it's not like someone's thoughts on scripture. It's just they've taken the liturgical calendar and they've plotted all these passages um, throughout. And every day is a psalm um, and then some portion of scripture, like a, a paragraph or two. And then it kind of leads you through a time of prayer. Um, and, and our prayer then emerges from what we've read in, in the word. And that's been really good. Um, I've been doing that uh, probably for six months, I think. And it hasn't been every day. Um, it is a, a daily thing that has the whole, you know, this day, you know, if it's, if it's today's, what's today, April 8th, um, it'll have April 8th in the book. And, um, and something I like about that is it doesn't matter if I've missed a day, I just pick it up and read whatever day it is. Um, and yeah, that's been really life-giving. We actually um, got permission to use, use it and distribute it to our congregation for the Lent season because they have a whole Lent section in there. Um, and it's just been a really helpful guide. Um, and part of it, it's actually funny you mentioned an, an almost two-year-old, um, you know, because with, with my daughter, there was definitely that period of time where, you know, I wasn't reading the way that I wanted to. And I found this devotional book very redemptive. I was like, okay, I can do this. Like this I can do. Um, and there's mornings where I will, you know, I'll bring my daughter downstairs because she's an early riser. I don't know if any parents out there can relate to that. Um, it's rare for us to get out of bed before she does. Um, so, you know, you get up early with her and in her running around and doing her morning play time or whatever, I'm able to sit and, and read um, even just that short portion. Um, and so that's been helpful. Um, apart from that, I, and I hesitate to say this, um, I, I try to read through the Bible once a year in a six-month period, um, the entire Bible. Um, I don't know if that's a pastoral thing for me. Like, I have this weird conviction that I should do that. Um, but, like, I'm planning to start that on Monday, Easter Monday. It, I'm, I'm trying to get back into that the six month um, reading plan. Six months is, is, is fast. That's a lot of reading. Um, I've heard people talk about like the 90 day challenge. I don't recommend a 90 day challenge. Um, that, that one really confuses me. I, I feel like it's more about getting a merit badge than it's actually being with God. Um, but uh, the, this whole discipline of, of like being in the word um, and then after that six months, I would usually give the other six months to a more in-depth study of, you know, I might read two or three books of the Bible um, in that other six-month period. And so those have been my, my rhythms, um, you know, and something I'm trying to incorporate now is, is a psalm before bed. Um, you know, just to, you know, the psalms are just so, so beautiful. And it's those prayers, right, that, that we have in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and it's not about it's not about the quantity, and I, I think that's where I think a lot of people can get caught up with with scripture as a, as a discipline, is they think, mm -hmm. oh, I, I need to read through the whole Bible in a year, or I, I need to read this, I need to read that, um, and that mentality will derail um, all that is good, beautiful, and right about someone trying to read the Bible is like coming at it with a quantity approach because yeah. it's just it's just not, um, that's not what it's yeah. about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a few, one of the things that I mentioned in the introduction is seeing our, our practice of scripture as not, not an end in and of itself, but a means to an end, Yeah. you know, growing in grace. And, and I think, yeah, as soon as you make it about how much you've read or, you know, um, all of this, it, it can almost become like you'd said that merit badge, like, yeah, totally. You know, off your list right yeah. um but yeah i'm really i'm really uh interested in going a bit deeper in the in just how like the reality is we're going to spend 
full podcast on different ways of reading scripture and different oh, ways of engaging scripture. But like, let's just throw around a few right now. Like I know for me during my, um, during my sabbatical, I, I, I just, I had four months off and I just picked the book of Colossians and hmm. I pretty much worked through Colossians solely. And I went in depth. There are some days where I would read two or three verses only right. um, other days where I'd read whole, the whole book from start to finish. And then, like all that. And so I know that in some seasons, like there may just be finding one book that you really want to sit in or, or pray in. Um, yeah. What, what's another like way of reading scripture just off the top of your head that you think of? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I mentioned Lectio Divina. That one's a yep. great, a great one to, you know, just Google Lectio Divina and you'll get, you know, I, I've, I've provided bookmarks to, to classes I've taught on Lectio. It's super, it's simple. Uh, it's a it's a great way to read. Um, it would be really conducive to what you just described, um, like reading through one book really slowly. Oh, we lost uh, you again. It would be really conducive to. Uh, it would be really conducive to what you just described with Colossians, like reading through it slowly. Um, Lectio Divina is great for that. Um, another the the method I, I try to get people working with right away is the the finding good questions to bring. Uh, to, to, to a text. Um, again, I, I think it's, it's helpful for people to understand that the Bible wasn't written with chapter and verse breaks in it. Um, and so say you're reading through the Gospel of Matthew or John, um, if you're brand new to Bible reading and you, you really want to grow in a discipline, I would encourage someone to read like segments rather than chunks or like don't think of it as, okay, I'm going to read John 1, then I'm going to read John 2. Like the Bible wasn't written that way, so it's silly for us to read it that way. Um, mm. but, but you know, take take a narrative block, so a a story or a teaching, um, and then while you're reading, asking the question, uh, the the three questions I I typically set people up with to start is what does it say, what does it mean, what does it mean to me. So what does it say is like restatement. How would you take the text you're reading and and put it in your own words? Uh, what does it mean? So how would you interpret it kind of on first glance, you know, looking at its context, what's Jesus saying? And then what does it mean to me is the application piece. Um, and if you ask those three questions while reading through a short uh, section of scripture, um, you'll get a lot out of it. Um, yeah. I think it's a really powerful way uh, to go about Bible reading. Um, and th those questions aren't like the questions, right? Like you can come up with you know, uh, another great question, what does this teach me about God? Um, you know, and just asking that question as you go throughout scripture. But so reading, reading scripture with questions in mind um, is a really helpful tool and an approach to Bible reading. And in addition to that, journaling while you're doing that um, is, I, I think it depends on your personality. If, if you're someone who struggles with distraction and, and one of the barriers you face in reading the Bible is that you feel distracted, um, I would really encourage you to journal. So have your questions, um, read a portion of scripture, and then answer your questions by writing them down. Um, and that really will help you focus. Um, so, that, so that's another way. Um, so yeah, coming with questions, Lectio Divina. Uh, the third thing that I will bring up with people is the whole concept of inductive study. Um, I think if you Google what is it called again? But like um, K. Arthur's inductive study uh, method I, I, and like put PDF on the end of the Google search, I think you'll get a form that comes up um, that's actually like pretty helpful. But this is for more of the like, if you're more of an intellectual on that side, and you guys are probably going to talk more about that in other episodes. Um, but yeah, like reading the Bible, really like picking it apart. So looking for repetition and, and all these things. Um, another thing I encourage people in is to not be scared to mark up their Bibles. Like some people look at the Bible, like it's this, you know, I, I should put pen, I shouldn't write in here. Right. And, and I would just say the complete opposite. Like you should write in your Bible, you should mark yeah. it all up. Um, and you're going to talk more about that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those are like, in terms of method, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah like it's, it's, it's coming on honestly, authentically, like, saying a prayer before you get started. Um, I, I don't think we should ever separate the discipline of prayer from the discipline of scripture reading. Uh, I think the two um, are so intertwined. Um, totally. and, and yeah, like 
prayerfully reading God's word and, and having ears to hear what God is saying. And that doesn't need to be some mystical exercise. It's the simplicity of um, this is what God has said. You know, this is what's written down. Um, you know, context and all that stuff matters. But um, at the same time, I, I think that God, God will speak through his word. Um, I, I've experienced that over and over and over again. And, and that con concept of certainty that comes in that, I think, is, is really valuable. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, that's awesome. I, I've recently started reading the Psalms a lot more since this whole COVID crisis has started. And one of the things that I've tried to do as I read is I just write on the top of my page, who is God? What are his promises? And then, yeah, I just literally write down yeah. verbatim what it says. And it's funny because if you do that through the Psalms, you pretty much write down every verse <laughs> for the most part, just because it's yeah. incredibly filled yeah. and rich. And then you just reflect on that afterwards and it just leads you to worship. Like it's so yeah. great. And that's yeah. it, right? Like, like Psalm chapter one, um, you know, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight yeah. is on the law of God. Um, and I love this next line, and, and on his law, he meditates day and night, right? And um, I've, I've read commentaries and heard people talk about how that meditate concept in there, they would say it's like murmuring, like it's like you're saying it to yourself. And what you're describing about when you're writing down the attributes of God and then you're thinking about those throughout the day, it's like you're murmuring them to yourself throughout the day. Um, man, it's like you've just taken scripture and you're immersing yourself in God's word. You're immersing yourself in truth. And yeah, that just like propels us. You know, when we talk about becoming like Jesus and, and walking with him in our, in our day, like that's, that's a powerful thing to do. So Totally. So yeah. good. Yeah, and it's so yeah. A few more other ways of approaching scripture just came to my mind. Um, like I think another way is, uh, and I love that you say pray before you read the Bible. One of the another guy we're going to be interviewing soon, and we talk about prayers. A guy named Jim Jim Hall, and one of the things that he encourages when you read scriptures, ask the Holy Spirit to highlight for you something as you read. And so yeah, yeah, it may be like a phrase or a word, but as you read, just having that posture towards the Holy Spirit to be like. Lord, I believe your word is active and alive. And so speak right. to me as I read. Um, and yeah, the other one that came to my mind was memorization. I think I think of Psalm 119, where David says, uh, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think memorization is another one. Again, we'll probably do a whole podcast on it down the road. But that whole sense of, um, of knowing God's word, because even when you see Jesus tempted by Satan right after his baptism in the wilderness, he, whenever Satan tempts him, it's always a scripture that he brings back from his memory, right? right. And yeah. I think memorization is something that we've we've kind of lost, right? Because of how yeah, accessible and easy it is to pull out yeah. our iPhones and I got my whole Bible. My whole Bible's right here. I can just whip yeah. it out whenever I need. Yeah. But like, it's crazy because I we did Awana when we were younger, right? right? Like, I don't know how many how many watching would have done something like Awana or something yeah, like. Totally. Um, I know the Alliance Church has like a Bible memorization clubs that they they run. Right. They memorize entire books and they memorize yeah. entire chapters. Yeah. yeah. Um, because yeah. it's so good to yeah. know. It is so good to know. I think like I think something we need to recognize though is um, I think something that goes hand in hand with with memorization is immersion. Like the more that we immerse ourselves in God's word, uh, the more we know it. Um, you know, and, and memorization as a discipline is I something I struggle with. Um, but like the invitation to like, man, just immerse yourself in scripture and you'll be, you'll be shocked at how much scripture you've memorized, right? Like you might not know it uh, word for word, or you might not know the, the, the chapter and verse. Um, but the more we're yeah. in God's word, the more we know God's word, the more we know God's word, we know God's heart. Um, and the more we know God's heart, we either, you know, like we either respond to that and allow him to change our hearts um, or we just like steamroll, keep going in, in sin. Right. And so it's like these tensions come up in our lives. And I, I hope that, you know, if we're desiring to be like Christ, the more we know God's heart, the more we submit our heart to his and we become like him. And, and you're right like that, that um, be, being immersed in scripture and memorizing scripture, it just it, it does totally um, it, it results in us becoming more like Jesus. And that's um, ultimately what we're after, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing I just thought of too, kind of a next step 
in scriptures as a spiritual discipline is um, is how we talk about what we're learning as we read with other people, right? Like if you just think about like the philosophy of learning in general and even just yeah. adult learning, like we learn best by sharing, right? We learn best by teaching. And yeah. so even, even as simple as like talking with your spouse or talking with a friend, like, hey, I was reading Psalm 23 the other day and this really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's another way to really let scripture take root in us. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to go into that because I, I wanted everyone who's watching to, and, and listening to see that there's not like one right way of approaching the Bible, right? Totally. Like, yeah. not like if I don't do it this way, I'm doing it wrong, right? Um, but I think one of the fears that people have, Adam, is that I, I don't know what scripture means or when I've started reading this, I get really confused or, you know, like you need it. And, and even like, I think there's a bit of, I don't know if it's like a conscious lie that people believe, but I think there's a bit of a separation between someone with a Bible college degree and someone who doesn't have a Bible college degree where we can start to think, oh, I don't have the same level of biblical training. Will I be able to understand the Bible in the same way? Or can I get the same out of my reading, even though I don't have that necessary, um, not necessary, even though I don't have that, um, that background. So yeah, what would you say to first of all, like dispel that lie? And second of all, what would you say to, um, yeah, like what would you say to someone who says, I want to read the Bible and know what it means. Where do I start? Right. Um, you know, it, the barrier of wondering what it means, I, I think in that I would encourage them, you know, it, you don't need to start in Genesis and, or in Leviticus. And I, I think that's part of the thing that adds to that fear. Um, the second thing I would say um, is that the Bible wasn't written to scholars and it wasn't written to, to uh, theologians in, in ivory towers. Um, the Bible was written to um, your ordinary people. Um, a lot of the words in Greek that are in the New Testament, they didn't know what they meant um, until archaeology, uh, they, they pulled up these, these um, artifacts in, in uh, I think it was in Egypt, in this dump, this old dump. They found uh, these words written on letters and grocery lists, these types of things. And what they discovered is that the Greek, um, the Greek of the New Testament was so common. It was common day language. Um, but things weren't written in common day language um, because the, the things that were written down, it was usually more academic. And so that used a, a more classical Greek. Uh, but the Greek of the New Testament is very common that the whole point of it was that you and I, the, the everyday person, could understand it. Um, and, and that's a very important thing to keep in mind. Um, and, and so what I would say to someone who's like intimidated, I'm like, like read, read the Gospel of Mark, like read, um, like just start reading. And, and that what you just said about inviting the Holy Spirit into that conversation and into that, um, like it's, it's allow God to speak. You might not understand everything, but, but that's also not that. I think it's something that's so important when people are starting reading the Bible is you need to, you need to um, identify what your objective is. If your objective is to understand everything you're reading, um, then no, like you, you, you do need to go to Bible school. You, you, do, you do, like, if, if you want to be a scholar and a master theologian, like, there are disciplines involved that, that, um, that you need to engage in. But if you're, if you're reading the Bible so that you can be closer to God's heart, so that you can hear him speak, that you can become more like Jesus, uh, that you can know what it says, like, all of those things, uh, you don't need to go to school to understand that. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's understanding what's the objective. Now, all that to say, the objective to understand scripture is, is a fantastic thing to do. And to that, I would say there are so many resources available. Um, what the guys at the Bible Project are doing um, is, is so phenomenal. And all of us have, uh, you know, it's a, you add 10 minutes to your, your devotional time and watch a Bible Project video you're going to understand the book of the Bible, whichever one you're reading, way better than before. Uh, that's 10 minutes of your time. That's not, you aren't out learning Greek. You aren't out, you know, like it's, it's a, a good use of 10 minutes. And, and sort of that, I'd say there's amazing resources. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing I'd say to that too is if you're confused, it goes again back to what you were saying, Donovan, is um, like this, this concept of reading scripture in community uh, where we, we welcome others on that journey. And not only do we say, hey, I was reading Psalm 23, and this is what stuck out to me, 
Um, but you say to people, hey, I, I was reading Psalm 23 and this confused me. Um, and, and if you're listening to this podcast, like, man, I, and I tell this to people, if you emailed or talked to your pastor asking him a question about the Bible, you would make his day. Like, <laughs> like a, any pastor would be so thrilled um, to have someone in their congregation come and say, hey, I was, I, you know, can you help me with this? I'm kind of confused about this. Um, people don't do that. Like, I, maybe it's just me. I don't have people coming to me asking those types of questions. Um, but there's so many resources available. Your pastor is one of them. Um, it could be the people in your small group. Um, you know, when Jesus, uh, I, I think it's the rich young ruler, when he comes to Jesus and he asks him um, what, um, he asks him about a commandment. I, I'm forgetting the context, but Jesus's response is so great because someone's asking him about something the Bible says. And Jesus's response is, well, how do you read it? Uh, it basically, his response is, well, what does it mean to you? Um, like, what do you think it means? Um, and this is Jesus, right? Like the guy who has all the answers and he puts back in the court of this person asking the question, he, he puts the question back to them of, well, what do you think it means? Um, and I think that that's telling to us, right? That um, God isn't a after us being scholars, all of us, right? Like he's, um, he's, he, he's more interested in the fact that we're asking questions. Um, and, and so my encouragement to people would be, yeah, go read. When you come up to questions, write them down, and, and there's so many ways you can find an answer, uh, but don't let the unknown uh, be an obstacle to keep you from getting started um, because it's just not, it's not a, a good excuse. The other thing I would say is to watch what translation you're reading. Um, you know, the New Living Translation, for example, is going to be a lot easier to understand uh, than the English Standard Version or... Um, or the new American standard version. And, and uh, if you're following certain speakers, you might hear them say, oh, I'm reading from the ESV. And so you think you should read from an ESV. Uh, well, that's not necessarily true. Um, there might be a translation out there that's um, easier for you to read. Um, and if you're really struggling to get going, um, I'm not opposed to people reading the message for, for a season in their life. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't view the message as to be as authoritative as other translations of the Bible, um, but the message, I think, has a value in getting people in the Word. Um, or if you have lots of questions, you, you have the message there as you're reading the Bible. And, and the message is really like, a, it's almost like a little commentary, right? And it's a really quick, you know, this, this verse confuses me, and you can go and see how Eugene Peterson, um, his take on it, and that, that might be helpful. So, so again, there's so many resources, and I think it's just, it's easy to say that as an excuse that we won't understand. And, and the simplicity of that is, no, you won't, and, and I won't, and I have Bible school training, and, and scholars don't know. I think something that's scary is the more scholarly you get, the more you realize that really no one knows some of this stuff, and, and there's you know, several different um, welcomed um, opinions, right, uh, upon what something actually means. And um, and it's just, there's grace in that, right? So again, God's more interested in the fact that I think that we're asking questions and that we're getting everything right. But yeah, that's so good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, you did a podcast when you started at your church called How to Read the Bible. And I'm just curious what, um, what are some of the, I know you're not going to be able to summarize the whole podcast for us, but what, first of all, where can people find it if they want to go more in depth? And second of all, why don't you share a few yeah. Um, yeah. Was there a few kind of highlights from that, from what you were learning from that and sharing from that that you want to share that you feel like we haven't spoken to already? And then uh, we'll wrap up with the last thing we wanted to chat about. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. If you want to find the podcast, it's if you go to tcchurch.ca, um, there's a resource tab. And in the resource tab, it's um, you know, it says equip discipleship classes. And in there, there's, um, there's resources to different curriculum. Among them is, is how to read the Bible, um, which we'll probably redo um, next year or the year after. Um, but yeah, basically, the podcast kind of goes through this, this idea, and, and I've already spoken to this a bit, but um, asking the question of, well, why do we read the Bible? I think that that's a question that's overlooked. Um, and I think a lot of people would say they read the Bible because their pastor told them to or because that's what Christians do. Um, but if, if you're not finding yourself at the feet of Jesus, um, in reading scripture, I, you know, are, are you really reading it the way that you should be? Um, yeah. so as you know, helping people with that, uh, talking about the concept of the Bible as truth. Um, yeah. 
yeah, that's something we, we camp on a bit too. Uh, and then I get into different techniques. I think the three that I hit on, we've, we've talked about. Um, and then I kind of mm -hmm. talk about uh, tools and, and things that help us along the way. And which maybe I think is worth, worth bringing up here. Um, my big thing to people, I'm not a fan of reading plans, especially for people who are just getting started. Um, you know, I, I think that if, if the ambition to read scripture is followed up with the creating of this intricate reading plan, um, I, you're, I think you're setting yourself up to fail, if I'm honest. Um, you know, and reading plans have their place. Reading plans can be helpful. Um, but I, I don't think the problem is, is that the purpose of Bible reading can so easily move um, from spending time with, with Jesus to checking off a box on your reading plan. And um, I've done that so many times where it's like I miss three days in a week. And so Saturday I do like a blitz read and I read <laughs> three days worth of entries. Right. And it's like, like, what are you doing? Like, it's, I'm totally after yeah. the merit badge. And, and if you're listening to this, maybe you can relate. But, you know, in the same way that chapters and verses weren't put in the Bible, neither was the reading plan that's in the index. Like, um, God didn't put that there. And as, as much as the ambition to read the whole thing is, is so good, and, and I encourage you to do that, um, that can't be the plan, right? Like, that can't be the reason you're reading the Bible, especially if you're starting out. Um, I, I think that in, in the beginning stages, it's, it's more about picking, like, set up like three books or something. What are the next three books you're going to read? And say, you're say I'm going to read Mark, I'm going to read Ephesians, um, and then I, I want to read First Samuel, right? And, and, then, and then do that. And that might take you a year. That might take you a month. Like, um, that's not the point. The, the point is that you're spending time in God's word. Um, and as that discipline grows, uh, you can start adding things to it and saying, you know, it would be good to read the whole Bible um, and then and then kind of plot out what that would look like for you. Um, but even then, it doesn't need to take a year. It doesn't need to take um, two years. Uh, plot it out in a way that, that works well uh, for you. Um, you know, and this is coming from someone who has already said that I try to read through the Bible once a year in six months, which obviously requires a reading plan. Um, you know, but, but that's where I'm at. And again, I think what we've talked about is it's important for everyone to recognize that, that everyone's different. For some people, maybe the reading plan is the way to go. Um, I just think if you're starting out and you've always struggled to read the Bible, um, I would just warn you that uh, a reading plan can lead more to discouragement than, than life. And so, so to be cautious of that. Um, yeah, and then the other things we've talked about is just, you know, the, the journaling piece, um, marking up your Bible, those are really helpful. Um, I think the journaling is, is super helpful, um, which adds to that memorization bit, because I think as we write things down, it, it comes to mind in a different way. Um, but yeah, yeah, the podcast isn't anything amazing. I think it's really simple stuff. Um, we've covered most of it in this, this time here. Um, but yeah, and I think beyond that, too, something I'd encourage people to do um, is find some good resources on the, the, uh, the bigger story of, of the Bible. Um, you know, like from Genesis to Revelation, that concept of it being an unfolding story from front to back, um, a good a phrase they use for that is the meta narrative of scripture. Um, yeah. and that for me was something that really got me more and more excited about reading the Bible. When you start to see these themes throughout scripture, um, and it, it kind of propels you as you're reading because you get really excited about different things. And well, I find I do anyway. So um yeah, uh, Vaughn Roberts wrote a book called God's Big Picture that is uh, super accessible, um, easy to read. Uh, it looks at the, the whole of scripture through the lens of kingdom. Um, that's a good book. Another one, um, it's called uh, The Drama of Scripture. I forget the author, but he looks at it through different acts, like Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. And, um, and those are good resources to, to, to help, help kind of stimulate the Bible reading, but yeah so that's that's the podcast stuff but and just some advice to help people get going you're not going to recommend greek for the rest of us by robert mount uh, no i'm not oh actually, now, now, now you're going to get me on a hobby horse stay away what i was just saying, like you're going to get me on a hobby horse here but like stay away from greek like it's if you're starting out um there is yeah 
Like you're just defended, you're just defended all of the profs listening right now. No, <laughs> I think all... they would actually say thanks, Adam, for that because, <laughs> man, like it's it. We we need to we need to trust our translators. You know, like when we're basing a concept or an idea off of the 15 minutes we spent googling a Greek word, um, and then we say, well, the translators got it wrong because the Greek actually says this. It's like, you know, the translators are scholars, like they have devoted their lives to learning and understanding these languages. And we need to trust the work that they've done um, and be okay with that. There's, you know, and if you really want to get into the, the, the Greek stuff, like look more for like articles on words. Don't just read like the dictionary abbreviation of this word means this and then say, see, this is what the Greek says. Stay away from the Greek. Um, there's a time and a place for it, but it's a, you know, we do, I did a word study, a Hebrew word study this morning uh, for an assignment for school. And it's, it's a ton of work. And I'm so thankful to translators, right? Like it's, um, they've gone before us, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I do not recommend it. And, and like another great thing to do is, is to read commentaries. Like, like D when you're talking about your time in Colossians, like if someone's spending like um, spending a bit of time, you just like, I just, I love the book of Ephesians. I want to understand it more. Um, ask your pastor for a, a good commentary um, on, on Ephesians. And I'm sure they'll again, be excited to refer something to you um, and read that alongside uh, your, your time in the word. And again, in that your objectives shifting a bit, right? Where you're moving more into really wanting to understand something and that's great. Um, and that's, and, and do that, but yeah, there's, there's so many good resources. So. Yeah. And recently too, I've had a few different people talk to me about um, listening, like the Bible, listening to it. Um, the, uh, the original hearers of especially the epistles and even, yeah, even a lot of the old Testament books would have been passed down orally. And so the original hearers weren't, they weren't reading, they were hearing the word. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, even Paul's letters, like, you know, you, you kind of get this idea of like a whole bunch of different house churches gathering together in one big courtroom or whatever. And then somebody saying, here's a letter from Paul. And then he would read it out to the church. Like it's yeah. really the, the oral word is really important. And so one of the things that, that I know I'm trying to do now too, is have some sort of like, you can actually have audio Bibles through the Bible app, or there's an app called Dwell that is basically an audio Bible with a little bit of um, just kind of background noise to, to kind of like help bring it to life a little bit. But that's another thing too when reading the Bible, I think to just keep in mind is there's a lot of really good like audio Bibles out there that you can listen to. And, and I think those things really help you to, um, yeah, like experience it and something you can listen to in your car. It's something that you can just kind of have on your walk, right? Like there's really good ways of engaging with God's word that, you know, are more devotional and more heart focused, but yeah, this is good. Cool. Um, so yeah, um, before we close, just one more thing. The, like I said, the, the heart of this podcast is to be really practical. I think today we've been super practical. There's been a lot of really awesome tools. My hope is that you don't feel overwhelmed as listeners or viewers that you're not like, oh man, so many different things to try. Like, what should I do? What should I do? Like, I feel like my hope and prayer for a conversation like we just had is that there's maybe one or two things that you would really want to, to take and try and grab onto out of this. Um, again, understanding God made us all differently. We engage with him in different ways. He engages with us in different ways. Um, but uh, see, so yeah, I want to encourage you from, from what you've been hearing. If there's one or two things to try, jump on it. Um, but yeah, before we let Adam go, just curious, Adam, what, uh, what would you suggest out of this is one thing. Um, what's a really practical step, something that someone can do really practically um, to maybe help either grow desire for the word or to really put into practice um, engaging with God's word as a spiritual discipline. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to steal from uh, author and, uh, and pastor John Mark Comer. Uh, he talks about how um, one of the most radical things that we can do in our generation in terms of uh, spiritual formation. Um, he says the most radical thing we can do is in the morning before we touch any technology, uh, grab your Bible, sit down, read a portion of scripture, pray, and sit in silence, um, 
and, and start your day that way. And what I love about his encouragement to do that is he's like, it might take 10 or 15 minutes. Um, yeah. And so I, as simple as that sounds, I think it's really radical. Um, you know, my wife and I have made the decision. Our, our, our phones don't come into our bedrooms. We don't have any tech in our room. We, we purchased alarm clocks um, to help us wake up. We don't use our phones as an alarm. Uh, and our phones, I, ideally, they sit docked um, at the front door. And, um, and so in the morning when I get up, I, I don't touch my phone. I'm actually, the newer discipline I'm trying to implement in my life is to not look at my phone until nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, but, but yeah, before you interact with technology each morning, take 10 to 15 minutes, read a portion of scripture, spend time with God, and let that be the start of your day. Um, that, that is my encouragement to you. And I think all the things we've talked about, right? It's not about a reading plan. It's, um, it, it's just about being with God and his word um, and, and move into that place where you can just sit with God, um, reading, reading about Jesus, reading about what Paul said about Jesus, uh, reading about the stories of faith from the Old Testament, um, and just and take that time to, to be with the Lord and to dwell with them in his word. So that'd be my one encouragement, my one thought. I love it. Which is John, oh, so John Mark's thought. That's such a good thought. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for yeah. uh, what you heard. And it's just, I think, I hope that people who watched and listened to this have been really encouraged. And I'm sure they have. Um, so yeah, let's uh, cool. yeah, look forward to having you on again, I'm sure, in the near future. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> what a blessing it was to hear what's been on Adam's heart. My prayer, again, isn't that you feel overwhelmed? feel like it's so much, but that God's highlighted something to you that you want to put in practice today. Um, I want to encourage you, God's Word is bread. God's Word is everything. And in this season, I think some of us, rather than hearing all the voices and all the discouragement and all the despair, we just need to come and hear the truth of who God is and, and the reality of what He wants to say to us in this season. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the truth and the power that is present in it. I pray that you would be revealing and opening up your word to us, that we would grow as your sons and your daughters, God, as we commune and connect with you through your word. Thank you that it's not just an end in and of itself, it's a means to encountering your heart. So I pray that when we read your word, Lord God, that we would encounter your heart. God, I pray for those of us who feel like these words are just dead, that in this season you would bring the words of the scriptures to life in us, God, that they would be truly impacting and encouraging us and meeting us. And God, that we would meet your Holy Spirit as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. Have a great Easter weekend.